Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. I saw the thing coming out of the sky It had one long horn and one big eye Like a mister shaking in the city It looked like a purple people eater to me It was a one-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horn flying Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast with FilmStage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Bill Graham. Insert golf clap here. Yes. We also have Michael Snydell. Hello. And as a special guest, Matt Lynch. Hi. Hello. Purple people here blew my ears out. Oh, man. I mean, that's what a Purple People Eater does, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's a song to go deaf to. Yeah. <laughs> that is from the album the Songs to Go Deaf song. To. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And we are here today to talk about The Predator, the newest film from writer-director Shane Black, uh, co-writer in this case. It stars Boyd Holbrook, Trevante Rhodes, Jacob Tremblay. Olivia Munn, Sterling K. Brown, Thomas Jane, Alfie Allen, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, amongst many, many others. Um, one, one person... <laughs> hold on a second. Okay, give me one second. One of my dogs is going nuts. This is ongoing, by the way. Yep. We've almost started. <laughs> hey, we got the intros out of the way. Uh, that's true. That's true. Okay. My dog keeps scratching at my door as though she wants to come in. And then the second I open the door, she does like a pounce and then just runs away from me. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> your your dog is a puppy. My dog is a puppet? Puppy. Nope. Puppy. No, my dog is like seven years old. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but it has the mind of a puppy. Possibly, it's like, oh, yes. you want to play now? It's like, no, I want to do a podcast and then get this shit over with. Pretty much. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, amongst many others. One person in this movie <laughs> came on the screen, and I literally said out loud, holy shit, is that? And uh, looking at the, the cast list now, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a spoiler. But I just want to keep it to myself until we come up to it in the course of talking about the movie. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before we do, let's give our guest a chance to introduce himself. Matt, why don't you tell the fine people at home a little bit about yourself? Uh, I work at uh, the famous Scarecrow Video, the largest video store on Earth. I've worked there for about 15 years. Uh, I don't know. Is Is that good enough? I, I write on Letterboxd and for a website called Interview Online. And I am uh, not a very good writer. Okay. <laughs> I'm very bored and lazy. <laughs> and I just like to watch movies. I watch too many goddamn movies. Let's hope that you're a better talker hey. than you are a writer. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We will. <laughs> you're doing fine so far. It's going to be fine. So um, just to uh, get the normal stuff out of the way, 
You can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Of course, you can find us on iTunes or you can give us a comment and rating, which we love. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash the film stage show to give us some money, become a part of our Slack channel where you can talk with other listeners of the show and we three co-hosts. And of course, you get entered into awesome raffles for movie stuff. In addition, we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. Every day, Mubi adds a new film to its rotating roster of films that you have 30 days to watch. So you constantly have a selection of 30 great films to check out. The film of the day today, as we are talking, is Two Days, One Night, which we reviewed on this very show. It is by the Dardenne Brothers. It's from 2014. It stars... Why can't I remember her name? Marion Cotillard. <laughs> it's literally there in the copy. And for some reason, I went blind and dumb to her name. Marion Cotillard. And it is amazing. We talked about it on this show. Go check out that episode if you need to hear more about it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was one of my top films of that year. However, <laughs> if you'd like to uh, check out a controversial figure from pop culture, they also have Tiny Furniture from writer-director Lena Dunham, oh. <laughs> where it all began. Or, or uh, I, I've already put in a recommendation for The Good, The Bad, The Weird, which uh, I couldn't remember the director that's from the I Saw the Devil director, which might be a, a good recommendation for people. But uh, one that uh, – yeah, Kim Jong-un, yeah. And uh, Kaboom is a really uh, great, bizarre queer film from uh, Greg Araki that's kind of about the end of the world, sort of. Um, But yeah, it's a ridiculous movie and extremely entertaining and on movie for seven more days. So it's worth checking out. Indeed. And if you're saying to yourself, Brian, that's all great, but I won't have any money for another 30 days. Have I got news for you? You can get a free 30-day trial of Mubi by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is... Bill became a hype man today. (laughs) (laughs) I was confused, and I made a face that no one will see because this is an audio medium when Bill said that thing. I was, uh, you know, but sure. Yeah, it's great that Bill had a reaction. Again, that's mubi.com slash filmstage. So that is that. <clears throat> now we can get into the main event, which is, of course, our review of The Predator, the newest film from writer-director Shane Black, who previously entered our hearts and minds with the nice guys, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He is, of course, also the writer of great films like The Last Boy Scout. And um, should I even bring up that thing he did that was really big that most people probably know him from, but I don't want to talk about it? Oh, Iron Man 3? Okay, obviously my, uh, my, Matt. Obviously Michael's going to bring it up, even though I said I wasn't sure I wanted to bring it up. Yes. Yeah, but I can be like one of the only good Marvel movies, and then we get our Marvel dig in for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't like that movie. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Also yeah, an said, episode. It's not very good. No, it's a, it's a bad movie. Even by Shane Black standards, it's weak sauce. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Well, here is the trailer for The Predator. Hey, we have a word. Let me guess. He's done something crazy. Shove me again. I want to break your neck. 
the Looney Bus. McKenna. Nebraska Williams. That's Coyle. That's Lynch. With Murphs. Why are you here? I don't think you believe me. Come on, man. I had a run in with a space engine. <laughs> this fucking guy is crazier than the rest of us. <laughs> the fuck was that? All right, so that is the trailer for The Predator. Basic plot synopsis of this movie. Uh, another Predator comes to Earth. <laughs> and this time, it is first encountered by Quinn McKenna, played by Boyd Holbrook, a sniper on a mission. And um, he is brought back to the United States, where he's uh, trying to be framed to be a crazy person, so no one will believe him about his alien encounter. At the same time, a shadowy, extra-governmental, paramilitary PMC group, I guess. We'll, we'll have to get into it in the movie. I think that <laughs> um, <covers> it. <laughs> uh, takes the Predator and brings it to a research facility, and uh, it, it, shenanigans ensue. Uh, the plot of this movie is batshit crazy, and not really what you're here for, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about it. To get the uh, first impressions out of the way, let's start with our guest. Matt, what did you think of The Predator? Well, I thought it was pretty disappointing, but also, you know, amusing enough. I think you you were trying to do a plot synopsis there, and I mean, you managed to to distill pretty effectively what takes like 45 minutes in the movie. There are like four plot strands at the beginning of this to take forever to tie together. Uh, so I found myself getting pretty restless. And then once the sort of movie proper starts, the, the, the seams of the, of the reshooting and, and recutting are, are pretty, are pretty dire. Uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of pace or momentum and uh, it just sort of crumbles. It was, uh, it was a disappointment. Shane Black's one of my favorite favorite talents and i love a good uh sci-fi alien gore fest like this with a lot of smarmy dialogue and people getting sliced up didn't really do it for me all right bill graham yeah pretty pretty short and simple uh i'm i much agree with that um you can feel the wheels literally come off of this film um and then by the very very end I, I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, you're fucking with me. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in here that just feels kind of tacked on. Uh, it feels like it has a lot of momentum going in, um, particularly the first kind of introduction of the Predator. And, like, I, I enjoy a lot of Shane Black's kind of ideas around this film uh famously he was recruited to play a character in the original predator film to also help with dialogue and then said no fuck you i just want to play this character in this film and then they finally convinced him to come on board this franchise and then fucked with it and i don't know why i'm not sure what was going on behind the scenes but they I don't know the, his additions to it, whether it's like making fun of the fact that the film is called the predator or just like, there's so many little things in this film in the setup that I have so much fun with that really does not pay off towards the end. And yeah, it, it's bloody. It's violent at times. It's a lot of fun, but man, I, I, I just can't imagine like 
actually liking an Alien versus Predator film more than this. And Bingo, yeah. Somehow yeah, Alien versus Predator 1 and 2 are more fun than this. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. It's, it's weird. It's weird. All right. Michael Snydell. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm similarly disappointed. I, I mean, I, I think I'll... I'll say a few nice things about this, though. Yeah, you oh, know, bullshit. No, please do. <laughs> you know, I, you know, Shane Black has like made his career on writing, you know, scumbags who are trying to redeem themselves, and yet, you know, like this is weird because it is very ostensibly uh, like a really signature Shane Black movie. From you know, it, it's very, it, it's very colorful in its language. It's. Uh, is this the only fucking movie that doesn't take pla- place during Christmas? Did he do that intentionally? But it also, uh, but it takes uh, place in Halloween, so he's still yeah. like he still needs <laughs> he needs a very big religious turned secular holiday where people are going to be in a particular mood and hopefully like have a lot of like lighting and like costumes. You know, it's weird. I think that he sets his movies at Christmas time because his movies are tr- like traditionally about these miserable loners who hate everyone yeah. Yeah. and they're trapped in this world that where everyone's having a nice day. <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me of when I was going through a very heavy depressive episode in high school and my family took a trip to Disney World. <laughs> and that was just the most lonely alienating experience of my life it was real bad and i just remember every moment of that feeling like i was already in a bad place and i was just having it twisted and like stabbed into me even more it's like every inch of this place has been designed to make you happy what's wrong with you (laughs) but i think this one is set at halloween because he needs a bit where a kid yeah. gets in a costume. It's like, who gives sure. a shit? Yeah, it's weird that this movie, like, it, I kept expecting, like, the Predator to just be walking around and people would be like, whoa, <laughs> fucking sick costume. I wouldn't be surprised if that got cut out of this movie. Yeah. 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 I feel uh, like, am I, like, I guess I have known about a lot of the recuts, reshoots, and stuff going around, like, the Star Wars films and everything. I guess I didn't know that this was, like, as troubled a production as it was. Yeah, I mean, apparently they reshot almost the last 40 minutes of it. And if you you know what you're looking at, you can spot it. I mean, like, characters appear and disappear. They bounce from location to location without much indication of where they're going, how they got there, or what they're doing. Uh, There's, like, whole chunks of the movie were supposed to take place in the daytime and now take place at night. And you can tell, like, there's a scene where Olivia Munn's in a barn and there's this huge key light over her head from somewhere. And it takes place in the dead of night, you know, stuff like that. I mean, if you kind of know what you're looking for, you can spot the seams really badly. Or like, what happened to Sterling Brown's character? Man. uh, You know, that's a really good question. Hold on. I got to say a couple nice things about (laughs) Okay. Oh, sorry. Stay out of the way. No, no, you guys are right. You guys are right. I I just, yeah, it's it's just weird that this is at once a Shane Black it is very much a Shane Black movie down to the characters, the way that it's written, the way that it feels. And, like, messiness is just kind of inherent in all of his movies. But yeah. this feels messy in, in an entirely different way that whether you want to call it studio intervention or it being rushed or whatever you want to call it, it you know, it's, it's, it's just a really bad script. But here's what I will say. 
I think that these performers, for the most part, make the best of it. I, I think that, you know, for whatever we can say about whatever the fuck happened to Sterling K. Brown, I think he kind of walks away from this movie. Like, he yeah. seems like he's having a really good time just being able to, you know, not be in This Is Us. <laughs> like, I, I think just just how the way that these uh, characters are able to play off each other um, it's clear that there were good intentions here and sometimes they shine through and sometimes something that is like interesting in only a Shane Black way uh, finds its way into this movie. But uh, yeah, for the most part though, it's, it's ridiculous and yeah, Matt, you already mentioned it, but the scene where it changes from night to day in one of the final set pieces, like, I was so confused. <laughs> I thought I, like, fell asleep in the middle of this movie because it, it, it it's just a solid cut and we're in a different time of day. But that kind of sloppy shit is all over this movie. And, like, there's a crazy body count, but I can I can probably remember two or three kills max in this. So, yeah, this is... This is just a bizarre case, and you know, I, I don't know whether you guys. Last thing I'll say is, you know, I don't know if you guys saw it in a theater. I mean, my my crowd was eating it up. Uh, Wait, I was what? In, Where else would I have seen it? No, sorry, uh, a full theater. Oh my, yeah, oh. my bad. <laughs> I, I, I like, saw what? it. At What's a, going on here? I saw are, are, we, are we talking about something else? I saw it in a cave. I don't know. <laughs> I was all alone. Uh, I think that you know. It's like you said, the, the Shane Black stuff that pokes through is really interesting. And his movies aren't necessarily known for being tight, but <laughs> they they tend to have like a deceptive narrative economy that you're distracted from by all of the smarmy talk and the sudden violence and the profane and vulgar humor. And this is like even unlike Iron Man three, a movie that I think suffers from a lot of the same problems that this movie suffers from. Like, that movie's at least pretty tightly written to theme, and this one just isn't. And I think maybe at one point it was, and a lot of things were removed or altered, and it just sort of seems disorganized and uh, and sloppy in a way that his admittedly loose work usually doesn't feature those yeah. traits. And I think, I, I you know what, I have to admit I'm still not totally sold on Shane Black as a director. Oh, you know, 100% I think no. <laughs> when he's working with someone like Scott or Sean McTiernan or, you know, some other people he's worked with, you know, I, I think that they, you know, certainly rein that in. I mean, when you think about Last Boy Scout, for instance, uh, I, I watched it for the first time this weekend and I was kind of amazed how many things are piled up right at the end, but also how short and how how quick everything felt and, you know, you know, Iron Man 3 and even Nice Guys, which – has way more of that, you know, good Shane Black shit. Um, this, you know, between working with Fred Decker, who weirdly like makes this sometimes feel like an R-rated kids movie at times, which is kind of, which is, you know, that's kind of the monster squad thing too, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I don't, this movie, I think I find more fascinating than all of you, but it's not a good movie. I guess I, that's um, my last word. I had, Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna maybe be the person who's most positive on this movie. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I had go for it. Fun with it. <laughs> it is 
crazy how little sense it makes. And there were moments where I literally just had to say to myself, not out loud, in the theater, I guess I just kind of roll with it. Like, I, like mm. there's... they, So, you know, we're, we're not in spoilers yet, but I don't think this is a spoiler. Um, the, the group of loonies, I guess, as they call themselves... Um, they're in a they're in a hotel room uh, with Olivia Munn's character, and and they're just like, oh god, we've got to go save uh, McKenna's son, and then he busts into the house, like talks with his wife. Everyone comes in after him apparently, and then he's like, okay, we gotta like we gotta go, we gotta go find his son, and then um, they all have guns, and they have an RV. And usually a movie would have like a 30 second scene that just has them hijacking this RV and going, (laughs) holy shit, look at all these guns. And this movie can't even spare the goddamn time to give me that. So I just have to sit there for a while being like, when and why and how did they get this RV filled with guns and like i yeah like i just I, I at some point i just had to be like eh, you know what i guess you know fuck it it doesn't matter like i just that's have not to. even the most bizarre vehicle that shows up in this movie <laughs> but like at least the other one like they're like go find me x and they come back with x sure. and like you know like in this one it's like I got to get to my house. I like, I sent this thing home and this, this thing is looking for it. I got to go there. And then they're like, okay. And then I just assumed like, all right, they, they hopped back on the choppers that they took to this, this hotel, but no, they have a fucking crazy ass RV. That's just filled with guns. And I was like, did they stop somewhere and get the guns? Is this like a trenchant statement on the easy availability of assault weapons in America? And then I started to notice that the RV had like random signs that made it very clear that it was like a survivalist or like a separatist. And I was like, again, you couldn't spare a minute for these people to like walk out and, and for some like crazy ass white guy to go like, ah, fuck you all. And then like them to go, I guess we're stealing his van. Like, mm-hmm. it's just what weird. What does the sign say? There was a I sign on the remember door that. that said like <laughs> something about the cost of ammunition. I don't know. It's something that I've seen at a gun show before. Because I go to gun shows, and um, they didn't bother with that, but they did. Bother, they did actually give a lengthy explanation of how the package wound up at the house. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's the it's weirdest. Just, like he didn't mail it to his house. No, he, he mailed, mailed it, it to a post office box, and then forgot <laughs> to pay the bill, which the mailman tells the kid. Which you'd think you'd put that on an auto debit. Like right. I guess his credit exactly. card got canceled. Yeah, they can Maybe they canceled his credit cards after they arrested him. Here's another question. Isn't it weird that, okay, so he's a sniper on assignment in Mexico where he encounters the predator, uh, sends the package home to a post office box so that in case he gets caught, he'll have proof of what this, of what's going on. Anyway, heads back to his, to his hometown where it just so happens the bad guys have a secret base where they got the same exact predator. Like it's in his fucking neighborhood. One of the, that's one of those things where I was willing to be like, I'm just going to take it on faith that like, you know, I'm in DC. 
if someone has a secret facility in Philadelphia, I only have to drive an hour and a half to get to it, you know? So, like, maybe... But that definitely looked like the Hoover Dam. <laughs> I think it was in... I don't know. I... Okay. I thought it was all supposed to be in Georgia. I thought it was in Tennessee. <laughs> wasn't wasn't the VA facility in Tennessee? But in uh, any case, like it's it's weird how many shortcuts the movie takes in 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 situations like that, but also is so long-winded and so overstuffed with incident and character that it takes all of this shoe leather to put it together. Yeah. Like you've got the sniper on assignment in Mexico. You've got his autistic kid and estranged wife. You've got the, the gang of, of PTSD soldiers. You've got the scientists in the lab. You have um, Olivia Munn's uh, biologist character and it takes forever to get all that shit together. And it's, it's done in such a loose way. Like what's that explanation about how she wrote a letter sometime when she was a kid? I couldn't I don't know what tell that had to do if she thing. was fucking with that guy when she said that. Cause she's like, okay, okay. But it's like, I'm just gonna... just, is it because they have, <laughs> oh, when they on, have their on, secret base on, in this on. guy's town, they're like, let's just go find the local science teacher. Well, they, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, so, no, no. Hopkins. Okay. So I don't know. Um, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say. I enjoyed much of the dialogue in this movie. I enjoyed all of the interactions between the crazy people. I found the kid. I hate it. I hate like non-specific, convenient autism in a movie. Oh yeah. Um, that always bums me out. But I thought that that kid and his relationship with his dad was like slightly enough to offset the ickiness of that. Um, it's not like Mercury Rising bad, but it's it's close. <laughs> and I think that like the interpersonal relationships that are formed work really well for creating a group of people that I don't want to see get predatored, but who probably will eventually get predatored. Um, I, Wait, you know, that's the first time we've said predator. <laughs> I just realized we've talked about every character no, 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 except I've, the I've predator. Someone has, okay. Someone's brought up the predator. Anyway, and like there was a point when I, I literally said to myself, I'm like, are the – are the people in this movie stupid because of hubris? Are they stupid because the script is stupid or is the script smart enough to know that it needs these people to be stupid to have a movie? <laughs> and like, there's just a lot of that, but like, I would say that like, I, I enjoyed sitting through the majority of this movie and that's even with all of the questions, even with all the nonsense, I still like walked out of the movie theater and I was like, you know what? I am not upset. Like two hours down, but I have sat through worse things and there are things in that that I genuinely liked. And Yeah, but I mean like your dad also never said – he always said like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I mean that's how I felt about this. Well, I that's, maybe that's this is just – the benefit of my low expectations, but like I wasn't even disappointed in this movie. Like there's clearly a better version of this movie somewhere. And maybe that movie probably. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the one that like they, they made initially before they reshot a bunch of shit. But like, yeah, sometime around the point when everyone goes into the woods, I was yeah, just like, <laughs> it's an I, hour and 20 minutes into the movie and that's when the movie starts. Yeah, that's the only time that they're, you know, subject to predation. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep finding ways to, like, use permutations of the word predator. And, yeah, so here's what I'll say. This movie is, like, hacked to pieces. 
nonsensical, lacking any logical connections or connective tissues that might make it make any kind of sense. I think that especially in the end, a lot of the action becomes really, really bad. But I still had fun with it, and that may make it seem like in the course of defending it or bringing up good <laughs> things about it that I liked it more than I did. I'm Are with you. you. I, I agree completely. I just think it's demonstrably a shit movie I, that I still enjoyed I, watching. Yeah, it's it's like a poorly made movie that has enough good parts that I'm fine with it. <laughs> Like, I don't think it's even the dumbest blockbuster we got this year. No, Fallen no. Kingdom was also this Fallen year. Kingdom is is still Fallen yeah, Kingdom I, like, straight up boring. I fucking hated <laughs> Fallen Kingdom and this movie What is Fallen Kingdom? Jurassic, Jurassic World Jurassic. Fallen Kingdom? Oh, oh yeah. Bill has already forgotten about Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. That's that's I, about right, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing. I never like this movie makes the Meg <laughs> seem <laughs> This movie, hyperbole, Brian. This movie makes the Meg seem like the prestige in terms of like perfectly logically constructed stories that work like a Swiss watch. Like, yeah, because nobody recut that movie. That's the craziest thing. That movie obviously should have been R, but was made to be PG thirteen. And then this movie, I want to go back because someone said like an adult movie for children. And we've talked about studio interference. This movie legitimately sometimes feels like there was a really good R-rated version of this movie. And then they said, we need to cut this down for PG-13. And they cut all of the violence and everything to obscure enough to get a PG-13. And then someone pointed out to them that they say fuck a hundred times in this movie. (laughs) And they were just like, oh, shit. Damn it. Add it back in. (laughs) It's just, it's the craziest goddamn thing. Because I was watching it and I'm like, like what Michael said, like, there's not really many good kills in this movie. Like, the Predator is an excuse for, like, sci-fi action craziness. And there's there's some Mortal Kombat shit going on in this film. Like like there's a there's a moment where the Predator like slings something across a room that's very like rope like and it goes through like two spines and that's then his it back reference. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the movie has twice as like, many decapitations oh, wow. by cable <laughs> as the counselor. Yeah, this this movie is uh, it gets it gets pretty wildly violent at points, but. Not yeah, I could. See it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 true. And I could definitely see them like trying to skate by with a lot of the violence and just being like, "Oh, all the major violence is uh, predator on predator." I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but no. But know. it sounds like a great porno. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, like no. Why would you want to see a porno called about? Predator on I'd, Predator? I'd watch that in a second. <laughs> It's like, have you been on like Twitter? One, Everyone like, wants to fuck the predator. Front to front. Front to oh, front. Okay, wait a second. So you're talking about literally the aliens, the, the predators. They're fucking each other. They have to. I thought you meant like two human beings who could be labeled predators. Oh, oh dude. Whoa. Wow. Where did you get that one from? That, well, that's rough. maybe this is a great segue, or maybe this is the worst possible segue oh, still, into the worst possible <laughs> into oh, the controversy geez. surrounding oh, this movie's it, release. Brian. Oh, I need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, we, we got to talk about it. Um, Shane Black. Yeah, I know. I know. 
Shane Black has a friend who he has apparently put in like his last two movies and put in this one. And this friend. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me let me ask y'all a question. Did y'all know who it was going into the film? And did you also think it was Nettles the entire time and just get real <laughs> cringeworthy throughout this entire fucking no, film? I, I knew the scene wasn't in there. Yeah, oh, I knew the okay. scene was cut out. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's yeah. why they cut a lot of this shit out. See, well, well, no, he was only it. in oh, one it's scene. Just one scene. They just cut one scene oh, out of okay. it. Sure. Well, now I, if I, he I was, before, it's it. right before the uh, the FBI or the CIA guys come and get Olivia Munn when she's walking her dog. Yeah, yeah. She gets like she's supposed to get hit on by this obnoxious Cat jogger. Call. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I definitely thought it was Nettles and I had just like this gross reaction. Poor, 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 Augusto poor Nettles. <laughs> poor, poor Augusto Aguilera. Why would you think that about him? <laughs> because he just seemed really like, I don't know, sh- like a not a very good actor, like very much like just reacting, reacting randomly through in the background. Um, which look, if that's how the character was written, good actor. Then, uh, if that's not how the character was written, bad actor. But yeah, I got a very cringeworthy like, and he hits on her at various points throughout the film. You were just uh, like, is that the guy? Yeah. Okay, was, but anyway, the so the whole movie, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy is weird. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's the strangest oh. thing I've ever heard. Um, okay, so, so what's the actual story? <laughs> right. The actual story is Shane Black puts in a guy who is a friend of his who tried to. I can't even think. He tried to initiate a sexual relationship with a 14 year old girl. And. He's been a cameo in nearly every black film, apparently. Yes. And. <laughs> and his scene was cut. Mm hmm. But Olivia Munn says that, like, you know, she didn't receive a lot of support when she brought this up initially. And just it it says something about the judgment of a director when he, like, thinks that that's okay and, like, doesn't, like, give people the information going in. Yeah. Especially a, yeah, especially a female. Like, if you're going to put... Uh, if you're going to put the entire cast and crew who also like one of the kids is around that age, like, mm-hmm. come on. But I mean, like, it's it's just because, like, if it's just in that scene with Olivia Munn, then maybe he was like, well, it's just her. There's like nothing else going on. Like, I don't have to worry about the kid then, or anything. Sure. But like, but yeah, it's then you still gotta tell her and you got to get her OK with that. Right. Like, like you yeah. even you gotta... from the most cynical point of view, too, it's a liability as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then. And then there's just the whole thing of like, it's this weird, it goes back to what happened with Devin Faraci in all honesty, where he got exposed, he got blacklisted, and then Tim League very quietly gives him a job because he wants to like, quote unquote, help a friend. Rehabilitate. Yeah. yeah and it's like, I, you know, fucking let him go get a job somewhere else. Like, don't, don't use your position of power. To help a person who clearly has some work to do on or, or on their own self. I've, or what I've always maintained is just fucking give him some money. Like, if, <laughs> if he's really your friend, like, fuck it. Don't give him a job. Just fucking hand him some money and just be like, guy, disappear for a while. You need to get your shit straight. But here's some money to live off of. 
Like, I'm not going to employ you, but Mm -hmm. I'll definitely, like, give you some money. And, like, okay, go disappear and, like, get your shit straight. But, no, don't hire him so it can be – like, your entire company can be dragged down with you. Like, that's a dumb idea. I, um – I I don't think I've ever agreed with the the advice just give him some money more than I do right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just here. Here, here's a rent. Just yeah. fucking Disappear. you can't come back though, bro. Like yeah. you still got some work to do. And it's um it's something that, you know, kind of like like I said, I had super low expectations for this movie, so when I heard that, my brain partially went like, well, I mean, you know, I love Shane Black. But that makes me question, like, his what's he thinking? Because it's not like, and this is something I have to wrestle with a lot. Because like, I watch movies with Casey Affleck in them, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, okay, but everyone knows what Casey Affleck did, and so if they're willing to work with him, then I guess it's fine. But in this case, like, to not inform the people who are going to be working with them about what happened. It's just like an all-around bad idea. It's just like a really stupid idea, and yeah, it's, we just like like this is this is really bad timing for all of that shit to happen, right? Like, I mean, it's not a good time for that to ever happen, but especially during the middle of the Me Too movement and all of this, it's just like really. It's guy, one of those things that like, like it was always a bad idea on a moral level. Mm-hmm. But like now, especially it's a bad idea on every other level that you used to be able to say like, well, it's morally wrong, but like, I'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if people are still willing to do it even now, like what the fuck is it going to take for yeah. people to stop goddamn doing this stuff? I, I think the other, the other frustrating thing that should be mentioned, I, I mean, I, we already mentioned that I, you know, it's Olivia Munn's disappointment, you know, with it was a standing ovation at TIFF, I believe. And then the the fact that she was feeling very isolated from the rest of the cast. And, you know, you got a couple kind of really mushy apologies from some of the big cast, you know, uh, you know, people like Sterling K. Brown and Kiko Michael Key, who had the terrible, terrible timing of a, apparently – uh, leaving right as it happened. So he didn't respond on it for like a whole weekend. And then you have, you know, even today I, I saw a story about how Shane Black apparently feels terrible about the whole thing went down. But like the other problem here is, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, you know, completely changed things or completely made it better if Shane Black had some great statement mm-hmm. that recognized his you know, uh, involvement in this, but the fact that it does seem to come only from publicists and it comes in bits and pieces of him, uh, commenting on other people's statements just makes it all the more, all the more difficult and, and almost deafening in a weird way. Like it's almost, uh, it's the, uh, it's the Streisand effect a little bit in this case, in the sense that, uh, you know, I'm not saying it would have gone away, but it would have been a different conversation um, until, you know, into, well, I suppose it's not the Streisand effect. I apologize. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I, I just think that's the other aspect of this that is also separate from an earlier choice of choosing to even cast this person who's your friend. 
um, that makes it more complicated, complicated, and again, a little bit more depressing. Yeah, I, and like you know, just, here's here's my here's my thing. I have had a lot of shitty friends, <laughs> right? And they have done so many shitty things to so many people, and I I love them because maybe I knew them before, or maybe I know what they're struggling with. And I will support them in any way that I can that does not overly inconvenience me or the people in my life. And I just I just don't see putting them in a movie or like getting them a job that like puts it a position to like to threaten everything else that everyone else is doing at that job. Like my drug addict friends, I would not say I would not lie or through omission, like give cause for them to get a security clearance with the federal government, you know, like there's just certain lines you don't cross. And it's, it's weird that like, this is, uh, I don't know, how long is it going to take or will it ever actually be rooted out entirely? Um, if anyone hasn't watched the newest season of Bojack Horseman, uh, check it out. Cause they're like, there's a, a episode specifically about that type of thing. And then the whole season kind of wrestles, wrestles with that idea in, in general. I'm sorry, Matt, you were, you were going to say something. I was just going to briefly point out, I have no interest in defending the, the, the actions of casting this guy, but I thought that Black's apology was pretty good and sincere. Um, he, he basically said, like, this is my fault. I made a gigantic error in judgment. I made decisions that affected my friends and my cast and my crew. I caused them pain. Like, mm. I hope I do better in the future. This is my fault entirely. I mean, I don't think that he did the sort of thing that we're used to now of people hedging and 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 sort of going, well, 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 there were these extenuating circumstances of why I did what I did. No, he I thought he did a good job of coming out and saying, you know, I fucked up. This is my fault entirely. And I've I've, you know, like ruined this experience for my cast and my crew. I have yeah, I not read his his. It's on his camera. Body. You can go look at it on YouTube. It's oh, I'm even good. less likely to watch something. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm, no, I'm looking I... at a transcript of it right now. Actually. Oh, okay. I'll read good. the transcript. I failed. I failed, and I did cause pain to people in the cast. That's unacceptable. You know, stuff like that. It's it's not it's not uh, it's not a bullshit like hedging apology. But you know, whether or not that means anything to anybody is not up to me. I'm just, sure. and I think what he did was bullshit. You know, it's terrible. Yeah, no, it's a it's a super bad thing. Yeah, I, I appreciate that context, Matt. Uh, I I had something else up at the moment, but you know, again, uh, that doesn't change things. But I I don't want to make this an easy dogpile, and I know this is something complicated that many people are going to have different views on. I, mean, but, I, I don't think it's that complicated. I just think he did a mm-hmm. good job of owning up to it. <laughs> I, I just I, I mean complicated in the sense of what the future looks like yeah. for something like this, you know, whether for instance, Shane black should be, you know, uh, blackballed out of the industry for a while or something along those lines, because he made those decisions. I, I mean, I know where I stand, but I know also it, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't want to pull out some bullshit like stones and glass houses type thing, you know, in the same way I, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm glad we got to talk about it here. And I, I think we did at least a, a decent job in trying to. 
outline the different parts of it. All right. I think, um, can I mean, bring up a segue? What into what? I'm very worried, <laughs> I know, Bill. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, because I was just gonna no. say, like, we've already talked about the movie. Like, at best, it's a confusing, poorly made, mm-hmm. sometimes poorly lit, very badly edited, <laughs> slightly fun time at the movies. And at worst, it's just like a piece of dog shit. Um, do we want to? Do we want to get spoilers. into? The, do we want to get into spoilers so we can talk a little more about it? Let, let me let me ask y'all a question. Let me Absolutely. pose a question. Uh, okay. Oh no. um, <laughs> Predators, the uh, 2010 film, costs $40 million. Uh, I ask you oh. how much the Nicorette and the Don Julio uh, sponsorships <laughs> fucked up so much that this film costs more than twice that. It costs $88 million. How does this film cost more than twice what predators cost? I don't understand. I'm going to take a, a guess that it was because Predators was produced by Robert Rodriguez, which means a significant portion of it was probably shot in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with Lawrence Fishburne was shot you know, you in his can, garage. Like, Robert Rodriguez's backyard in Austin is where a lot of that movie <laughs> takes place. That's a good question, though, because like predators involved like many predators. It involved mm-hmm. predator sure. dogs. It involved. I, mean, <laughs> I, didn't let, let I was about to say. Cast, let me give you the cast list, all right? Adrian Brody, Lawrence Fishburne, Walton Goggins, all of those, all three of those people more famous than anybody in this entire film. Mm. Yeah, Maybe I not would. back then. Well, <laughs> Brody, like, was on the outs. You know, he hadn't had a good... First no, of all, Jake, person in there. Jake Busey is furious right now. Yeah, I will not take the slander against Jake Busey. <laughs> Jake Busey showed up in this movie and I said, this is what I was talking about earlier. Holy shit, that's Jake Busey. Yes, I love him so much. I but just watched uh, Starship. Of the guy, he's playing the son of the character from Predator 2. Is yes. he? Yes. Is he playing he Busey's? The same name. What? Yeah, it's Keys. I didn't know that. See, I don't know the Predator series beyond like Predator and Predators. Yeah, Predator 2 is pretty good. Yeah, I watched it this week. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's Michael, fun. isn't it's that the one you stuff. said had weird racial politics? Oh, of course. 100% does. During the riots. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it is an 80s race or 80s riots movie in the early 90s. So that yeah. tells you a lot. It's like it takes place in the future. It's supposed to be in like 2019 or something like that. And uh, it's it's like one of those future 80s movies where you can tell it's the future because the gangs have taken over the cities <laughs> and the gangs are like there's there's two warring gangs in it. There's like the Latino gang who have like face tattoos and they're fighting the they're fighting the Rastafarians. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, they, and the Rastafarians wear like gold lame parachute pants. Yes. And like you bring chicken bones where, to their assassinations. It's awful. I mean, yeah, it's totally racist. But it's but also it's, just rad. It's like a giant Frank Miller splash page comic for 95 minutes. It, it's also like really clever about a lot of those smaller things, despite its cartoonishness. It's it's, it's almost a bad for Hoven movie. Like, yeah, it's like the oh, RoboCop yeah. to Predator's RoboCop. Yeah. Still, yeah. still perfectly good on its own. Happens to follow a total masterpiece. <laughs> on okay. HBO, if anybody wants to watch it. 
yeah, they're they're both on HBO. I encourage yep. you to watch them back to back. So let's um, um let's talk about some stuff in this movie. <laughs> um, first of all, that final scene. Oh, oh shit! The, oh, okay, the okay. scene well, that on, plays we're, we're like officially a, in spoilers. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh. Okay, okay. The scene that plays sure. like a post-credit scene becomes pre-credits, and and no post-credits this is, on this one. This is the only time I think that I've ever been in a movie where people tried to predict what the mm-hmm. the thing would be because, like, you know how, like, at the end, like. In a in a Marvel post credits thing, there'll be some fucking nerd sitting next to me who's like, "Oh, I bet it's gonna be like Adam Universe or whatever." And it's like, "Yes, there's the golden coffin. There's the Adam Universe. I want to see that movie. What's his name? The guy in the golden coffin? Adam, Adam Warlock. That's the one. But, but that's not the point. It should be Adam Universe. <laughs> Marvel hire me to write a movie called Adam Universe. Um, so yeah, Adam. Like someone will be like, "Oh, I bet it's Adam Warlock." And then like the 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 coffin will show up, and everyone will be like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm there like an idiot sitting there being like, "What the, the fuck, fuck, is, fuck is that?" And then this movie, I don't know what that means. <laughs> this movie, literally, like four different people around me kept saying like, "Oh, it's gonna be." Literally, someone said Adrian Brody. And I was, I was so excited for it to be Adrian Brody, but then other people were like, Oh, it's an alien or like, yeah, they, someone thought it was Arnold. I still think Adrian Brody would be better. And someone was like, it's going to be an alien. And then it's like, no, it's Iron Man armor. Yeah. It's a fucking gauntlet that like becomes a full body suit. Look, I agree that this is terrible and stupid. It's it's an awful scene. However, it should have been the beginning of the third act if they were going to do it at all. Right. No, it like, should have been. It should have been. That should be a part of the movie. If they're going to do it, just do it. Right. Because that's not a thing yeah, agree with that. that I'm going to spend. Care about There's not going to be another one of these anyway. But even if there were, I wouldn't be sitting there going like, man, I cannot wait to see what he puts on that fucking suit. Right. Exactly. It's like. That's not the type of thing that makes me eager for three years from now when like the Predator comes out like <laughs> the predator too fast too furious yeah too pred to aider um uh, like no that should be the type of thing where everyone knows immediately like it was bringing us something and then like you said like maybe climactic fight scene it's right. like oh hey here it is you know human i'm going to die you take this and everyone's like what is it and then he puts it on and it's like oh shit and then fucking what if, what if kick out the, the jams kid? or kickstart my heart starts playing and then boyd holbrook just murders everything no i want it to be the kid and i want the predator <laughs> suit to be kid. tiny the kid. i want i want the predator suit to be tiny oh, and man. You just fucking destroy everything we need am... to talk about the shot right before that <laughs> where the kid <laughs> says it's called a predator killer we need to talk about why is the kid in the movie at all? Because fucking like, Shane Black loves kids. Okay, fine, but the kid doesn't do anything like productively at all. It's not no, like he, in Iron Man Three or even the worst version when Iron Man Three, where he's got that stupid kid and he like builds in his tool shed, or like the daughter and the nice guys, or the daughter and the last Boy Scout. Like sure. these characters at least productively accomplish something. Jacob Tremblay is just a prop. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm really confused how Boyd Holbrook's character basically watched his son inner like figure out some kind of code that they were trying to crack 
on the spaceship for like five years or whatever. And he watches him. And then right at the climactic moment, he's just like, oh, yeah, I fucking know this. Boom, 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 boom. And then gets in. I was like. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, that, boy, that it's because it's rain. It's fucking autism yeah. rain man shit. It's mental offensive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I understand why he got in, but I don't understand how Boyd Holbrook, <laughs> through a lens, like remembered it enough to Did where you he forget that he is an amazing sniper who has so many medals <laughs> and is not a good father, but is a good and, soldier and can remember alien symbols. I Clearly, guess. Bill. <laughs> I don't know. That was not the part of this movie that was hardest for me to reckon with. I also want to bring up. So I've already brought up my problem with the RV, which is something that legitimately just like fucking infuriated me and baffled me for so long. And then we also I'm just going to do mention the dogs. I'm going to do mentioned. a quick rundown, Bill. Okay. And one of them is the dog that becomes the NPC oh in a first God. person shooter that will throw ammo <laughs> at you every I, now and then. I don't, I don't I don't fucking understand that thing at all. It's so dumb. It's Did they drill it in the head? Yeah, they, they shot drilled it into its head, right? He I thought it was a drill. No, it was a gun. He shot him in the head, yeah. He he lobotomized him. Like they, With a they bullet. mentioned like <laughs> they that he like lobotomized him, but it's still a giant fucking scary creature that could turn on you at any moment, and none of them are like, No, this is this is real dumb, guys. Like this is no, no, and, no. She like, likes dogs. It's established at the beginning <laughs> that she likes dogs. <laughs> so does so 90% of the fucking human race. Like, Jesus Christ. It's her um, only trait is that she's a scientist and she likes dogs. <laughs> um, the other batshit thing is that the climactic moment where the dog actually, like, helps and, like, actually in the, ends up, like, involving itself – it attacks the predator, but if you're not careful, it attacks the predator off screen to the point where you could completely miss the fact that it attacked the predator. Bill, so, I completely missed the fact that it attacked the predator. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Wait, what? <laughs> Holy shit! See? <laughs> I was literally about to Mike, ask, Mike, are we to assume that that dog is still out there somewhere? Wait, Mike, are are you saying holy shit that they they missed it or holy shit that the predator attacked the – or the dog attacked the predator? I kind of remember that, but I'm also still unsure what happened to Sterling K. Brown's character, who potentially shot himself with the shot himself with his cannon. Yeah, I don't know how that happened though, because like she, like Olivia Munn's character, like is like, "Hey, look over here," and he looks over there, and then like, blam. Well, earlier they talk about how well you just look and it shoots. And yeah. so they, but it was, oh. it was it was pretty obviously like he had some kind of more elaborate death in a different cut of the movie, and they probably mm-hmm. couldn't get it back for the reshoots. So they're like, well, let's just fix this. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just do it this way. Yeah. I mean, it's it comes like two minutes after uh, he and Boyd Holbrook are like, we're gonna dance when this is over, yeah. and it's like, well, yeah. I guess you won't have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I was kind of that- looking forward to seeing those guys play off each other a little bit oh, more. For sure. Never mind. How is that the second to last set piece? There is, we know there are two more set pieces after that fucking night wood scene, which then ends up with. Then it's the daytime again with the spaceship. But they're in like a weird canyon thing. It's not a canyon. I I don't know how to fucking describe the, uh, the geography that they're in before they get in the ship. Yeah, I. This, this movie's bananas. We, we didn't even talk about the fact how they just kill three random people on the ship with the shield. 
like I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people who are still alive, and then it just killed three people in 30 seconds. Like the the you know, I don't know what to attribute to reshoots, what to attribute to that you know that weird sense of incident that's throughout all the Shane Black movies. You know, you like I, I, again going back to Last Boy Scout, like. Uh, there's a scene there where uh, where it seems like all hope is lost and then things explode and five people are dead in the room. And, like, that happens all the time in, like, Nice Guys as well and yeah. see all of these things combined, but also with terrible editing and plotting that makes no sense w- whatsoever. But uh, I think the movie has to go through a lot of shoe leather to tie its plot strands together, and I think that's a big problem. I also think, and this is pretty unpopular from people I've talked to, that you could lift out the loonies from the story entirely and it would be a lot more efficient. I am. Um, so what, what would you have in mind? I'm just curious. What would I, you have in mind? There? I think that you could replace, you could basically combine the loonies with the guys in the lab. Hmm. Olivia Munn winds up in the lab. Boyd Holbrook winds up in the lab. There's a security team that works in the lab under Sterling K. Brown. And maybe they're a bit off or whatever, but you could have your scientists, military guys, cast of goofy Shane Black characters in there, and it would make more sense. Instead, we have to have whole sequences of characters meeting each other and explaining things to each other, and it's 20 extra minutes of plot just sort of before we get to where we're going. And as as much as I love the interplay between all those Looney's characters, I mean, how many more... Uh, you know, your mom's pussy so big jokes do we need? How many more characters with Tourette's that are played as a punchline do we need? I mean, it's yeah. like, they're funny, but it's not, like, real funny. So maybe do something that's just tighter. I, um, no, I, I disagree. I liked the loonies most of all. I liked them. I, I wanted, I wanted just the them. All I wanted was, I wanted... Well, no, wait, I'm not talking about what we would like because it would be more fun. <laughs> no, no, I, I think like, that I would like that, too. <laughs> I think that what you need to do in this case is have the predator escape, have them get like keep everything up until the point that they're in the motel. But then you just turn it into like earnest, scared, stupid. But it's the loonies and the predator and it's Halloween and they're looking for his son. Like, you know, I would imagine that's probably what the movie was in the first place. Yeah. Like get rid of, get rid of the every, get rid of the barn, get rid of the KWH news helicopter, get rid of the, the quarry, get rid of the mountains. Like just turn it into like predator fucking up the suburbs a bunch like the 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 A team, except they're so bad they're really the Z team. Am I right? Um, going out and trying to 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 fucking kill the thing. <laughs> you want more of a slasher at that point, then? I don't. It doesn't even have. To, I guess like sort of a slasher, but also like you've still got this unit trying to take down the predator. So like a slasher mixed with like the ghost in the darkness. Like I don't. I don't know. Oh, good callback from the director of Predator Two. Oh really? Yep, Steven. Now Hockey. I'm interested. Yeah, good no, it's, movie. It's good, Brad. <laughs> yeah. uh, but okay, but I think what I'm what I'm looking for a little bit more is a return to the formal and narrative economy of the first movie. This has a lot of crap huddled hustled onto it, and it and it they keep trying to turn Predator into a franchise, and it sort of is by default now. 
but it can't really bear much more than what that first movie puts in front of it. Yeah. I, you know, I, like, I, I, that movie was just ten guys in the jungle in the daytime. In the, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, it's not complicated, but it's just, the, it's just the simple shock of the new and McTiernan's formal economy that really puts that through. And there's nothing else to do with these characters or this idea. I mean, who gives a shit about why the Predators are coming to Earth? Now they're coming to colonize our planet or whatever? Who gives a shit? They're alien hunters. They hunt commandos. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You don't, like, you just, like, get rid of all that, that yeah, weird... Yeah, get rid of all that shit. And just, like, give me, give me, I stole something from the Predator, Predator wants it back. Boom. Right. And, like, yeah. you can even have, if you want, the bigger Predator. Just be like, the Predator wants it back because it needs to fight the bigger Predator. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or yeah, that's yeah, about the that. only good idea this movie has. Here's 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 what we do. The predator <laughs> that Arnold killed basically came back to tr- or like a predator that uh, a predator out there wherever uh, came back to try and reclaim something that the predator that Arnold Arnold killed left behind. Like boom, there you go. That's that's your mythology. That's all you need. We don't need a mythology at all, though. That's the thing. Yeah. The Alien series, the Predator series, it's not hard. They are scary. They look weird. They want to eat and or mount us as trophies. That's it. It's over. Mm. Don't do anything the, else. They're, I think don't... the Alien movies have done a much better job of at least being distinctive sure. and thematically rich. Good or bad. I yeah. will. Uh, yeah, I'll say they make a very strong attempt to be distinctive and thematically rich. These ones, this though, is like, I was like, really? We're bringing climate change into the Predator? Yeah, right? Yeah, like, who cares? I, you know, come on, guys. Wait, what climate change? You guys are making me think Michael, I saw a Michael, did you watch movie. this movie? <laughs> yes! You don't remember the whole explanation where she's like, the Predators are coming to Earth because it's, they're coming more frequently because it's getting hotter. Sterling K. Brown. Hot. Said they're going to try to take over our planet. Sterling K. Yeah, Brown, in the while chewing Nicorette gum, was like, you remember when the hostess went bust and Twinkies and everyone was starting yes. to snap up okay, Twinkies? that was amazing. How much longer do you think we got on this planet? Like, one, two generations? One? Like, it's a going out of business sale on humans. And she's like, oh, they're harvesting our DNA so they can live here. He's like, yeah, I guess they're going to try to take over. And it was just like, they're just predators. They just want to. They're sport hunters. They just want to murder us. Like we just had a whole discussion about how they're sport hunters, and now it's a whole thing. And that's the thing. Like I loved stupid things like that, where she's like, "That's more of a sport hunter." And Sterling yeah, K. Brown's right. like, "We took a vote. Predator sounds better. Is that right?" And everyone's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Fuck yeah." It's just like <laughs> I love that kind of thing. And then I love yeah. the weird callback where Nebraska's like. That sounds more like a sport hunter, and she's and yeah. she does like the right face, like, yeah, like right? yeah. That's the kind of shit that I wanted out of this movie, sure. and it's still there, but it's buried under all this nonsense. Right, and every time it pops up, it's great. It's just that the movie is not really supporting it at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Other than Fury Road, I really can't think of a recent franchise film in. I'm not going to say a decade because I'm sure there's something I'm missing in the last five years, even that un, un, that knew that jettisoning just ah Jesus Christ jettisoning mythology was okay. Like uh, this has been a consistent problem 
throughout so many different franchises. I mean, I felt this about fucking Fallout, too, that there was so much mythology in that as well. When, again, you just need people running. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, for what it's worth, Olivia Munn, I don't think her performances, some people seem to be a really big fan of it. She's actually a decent kind of action star in in this. Like, you know, action star scientist hybrid. Like, she you know, is convincing I, I as both scientist and action person. I didn't understand. Like they, I guess I don't need them to explain that she can like handle a weapon and can do all this shit. But like just her jumping up and being like, okay, give me this uh, tranquilizer thing and let me go chase down a fucking predator. I was like, whoa, uh, what's her background? <laughs> I was just like, you just jumped from a uh, beagle owner at St. John's, uh, <laughs> like uh, St. John's user university or whatever the fuck that thing is. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I'm going to go track down me a predator. I was just like, uh, and hold on. Is this, I, mean, I thought that was cool, but what do you want? Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it, but I was just like, Whoa, okay. I guess everybody in this film can handle a gun. Um, but also, uh, is the predator trying to help us or not? Because he definitely massacred an entire room full of scientists that also weren't right. armed. I think that was weird. I don't like, I, you know, right. Bill, great question. <laughs> I don't that, actually, know. that actually reminded me of something that I wanted to point out. Hold uh, on. Let's deal with this first. <laughs> wait, no, no. I, I'm curious what Matt wants to, to say, because maybe it ties uh, in the, the, uh, it kind of goes back to the loonies too. We spend a lot of time about like the trauma that they've been engaged with and it's made them the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Then they kill a bunch of soldiers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, are those soldiers them. or are they PMC mercenary guys? Do, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. To I guess it doesn't, all. but I was confused. Cause I mean, like, the Avatar... like an ID blew him up or I shot my friend friendly fire and it sure. fucked me all up. And it's like, Oh, well I'll just kill these other guys now too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I guess like when and there's a predator, when there's a predator involved, you, you got to make the hard choices. Yeah, Jeez you're right. Christ. But it's weird because his stuff, black stuff is so usually written to theme and this yeah. one was dismantled in a lot of ways, but I'm struggling even given like what I picture his movie might have been, I'm still struggling to figure out what the hell that has to do with well, anything. If there was no point where Stargazer became like a paramilitary unit, then it makes sense because then it's just these loonies attempting to take down the predator. Mm-hmm. No, no, you know, no. I mean, I mean, what is the angle? Like, at what point does his usual thing being written to theme? Like, what's what's he going for by including all of these PTSD soldiers? Like, what's where are we going with all this? Like, what's 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 the key that unlocks us? Where's the unifying idea here? I would assume what? it's it's like getting over your trauma in order to like do sure. something for the greater good. Like, it's the guy who like can't play football anymore because like his best friend got paralyzed but then he has to do it to save the community center i don't know that works for the loonies but it doesn't work for any of the other characters or any other plot strands like again what's the unifying thread that ties all these these strands and plot strands these threads together not wanting to be murdered by a predator it's it's not the it's not like the nice (laughs) guys like even iron man 3 is really tightly written to theme as messy as i think that movie is Mm -hmm. that's about getting over trauma but I, I think know. that does also tie into Jacob Tremblay's storyline. So that, that's at least 
two main storylines. I mean, when you start bringing in the Predator and Sterling K. Brown's angle in this. Are we talking about maybe it's the thing that is the worst thing about you, quote unquote worst, that's maybe the most powerful thing about you? Yes. Yeah, exactly that. And and the idea that autism and mental illness and the things you go through, again, make you stronger than other people who haven't gone through those things. Again, though, I I mean, you're absolutely right that the film doesn't bear that out. But it's also interesting that uh, that that would apply more strongly or at least more forcefully to Olivia Munn's character if the scene with the sexual predator hadn't been cut out. Yeah, that's. (laughs) <laughs> that's interesting. I'm wondering if that I mean I'm glad it was cut out. I'm just saying that's kind of ironic. Yeah, it, it, is, I'm now very curious whether it has any narrative function or if it was just a gag. I don't know. I don't know. Well, she's constantly being undercut by the other characters for not being the tough one, and then she surprises them. So I mean, I feel like that's just another notch on that on that checklist. Like, and that's what I'm like. Someone's giving her a hard time. Sure. I loved that. I loved that. Like she went for the shotgun and they had to pay the guy yeah, because they made a bet. <laughs> and then she pulls the trigger and like legitimately they're like, shit, we should have made a bet. against that too. Crap. Yeah, that was great. That, that, remind, that was like sort of a callback to the opening scene too, where they're like, are we really betting on whether or not he's going to shoot this hostage? Yes. I thought that was implied. We were doing that. <laughs> the, what, yeah. Like, one guy's again, like, fuck yeah. The other one's like, I thought that was I'm implied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I love that shit. That's and the thing is, like, yep. you don't like, get that. That's that the black stuff. That's you don't black get that from anyone but Shane Black. It feels like, yeah. or you don't get it well. So, like, I guess this movie is like the methadone equivalent of the heroin that is like a better Shane Black movie. I mean, he's never really made a movie that was unfucked with, except for Lethal One. Was was uh was um was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang fucked with? Uh, not too much. I would say that that one, I mean, he had to compromise from his script a lot because it was cheap. I mean, he had to cut yeah. a lot of it out to get it made. Um, that one and Lethal are probably the two closest. And that was the one that he had the most control over. Nice Guys is pretty close. Um, but like. I don't Lethal remember two- hearing that much about uh, Iron Man 3. Like, oh, he, ob- come on, he obviously. Dude, it's a Marvel It's a Marvel yeah, movie. I mean. Oh, okay. It's in a mold. <laughs> I mean, like that's the. It's also the only movie of his that has like that he's directed that has like good action sequences. And you know why? Because they're previs. He didn't direct them. I was about sure. to say because the second yeah. unit previs guys came in and were like, "Hey, yeah." I mean, and that's you, not even you... a blanket statement because the third act of that is a fucking digital smear. It's terrible. Yeah, but absolutely. But like Last Boy Scouts, third act was entirely changed. The script is completely different. That makes sense. <laughs> People love um, his scripts. They just don't want to make them into they just movies. Don't want to make. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They love right. they love two thirds of it. <laughs> Do we have a I know that we've kind of come at this movie real slapdash, but hey, the movie is slapdash. Oh, here's something that I wanted to bring up. He, so he puts he puts the invisibility ball in a shot of tequila yeah. and drinks it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and, and I it's it out. He shits it out. It's the funniest, stupidest thing on earth. Because like I was like, it's been days. <laughs> so he must have it already, right? And instead, they literally have a moment where like his stomach gurgles like he ate Chipotle an hour ago. And he's like, uh-oh. And then it shows him coming out of the toilet in the RV. And he's got wiping it. off the ball. I-, I wanted him to just like kiss it. Give it give it the chef's kiss. Just be like, all oh, right. Oh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> anyway, so this movie's a fucking wreck. 
It doesn't make a lot of sense, but if I'm you gonna, like Shane I'm Black, I'm totally gonna watch it again on Blu-ray, though. Like, there's a, no way I'm not gonna watch this again when it comes out. Oh yeah, I, I mean that's this is a this is oh this is what this movie is. This is a great I am sick or have a hangover movie. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is on HBO. I just got Chinese food. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jesus yeah. Christ. I have a I have a I have a low fever. I just got way too much Chinese food. And I turned on HBO Go to watch Deadwood for the seventh time. But, oh, is The Predator on? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you know, fun. Uh, one, I praise. Well, one thing I am wondering, I, I am wondering if uh, if we're ever going to get a Shane Black director's cut. I mean, I don't feel like he has the cachet to potentially get that done. I mean, it's not it's after definitely, fuck. I would imagine the effects yeah. are not finished. Oh, yeah. It's, I, but even any, I, I mean, it sounds like at at least half of his films could have a director's cut. I, for some reason, I'm remembering something vague about a nice guy's director's cut. I don't know where I'm coming through that, or maybe it was an extended version or something along those lines, but I, I remember some conversation about that. But yeah, I I don't know. It, 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 this seems like maybe one director who you know, maybe needs that director's cut. Maybe this is the equivalent. <laughs> well, I would Alexander. <laughs> I would bet you that his next movie will be uh, about as close as we're ever going to get because he's doing it for Netflix. Oh, oh but that, that always ends poorly. <laughs> no, I don't think so. What is, think, what is one I director? Have a lot of control. I just like, what is one director who, who has gotten a movie on Netflix and I was like, finally an unfiltered vision. And then it wasn't bad. Holy fuck. Hold on. Um, I mean, I don't think that we've seen the beginning of their bankrolling auteurs yet. Like, a lot of that stuff has yet to actually debut. What's, You're going to start what's, seeing what's that rolling pick? out in the fall. Like, what's Roma is going to be a big Roma, one. Hold the, the, the Dark, The Irishman. Yeah. Like, we're going to start to okay. see the fruits of that labor soon. I guess. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm thinking movie, of... The hybrid pig movie was not very good. Oak just sucked. Um, yeah. uh, no, I disagree completely. Okay, well, we're just going to have to have you back for a four-hour <laughs> oh, episode where we talk about how shitty Oakja was. Um, yeah. Mute I mean, was like, terrible. Go read a roll doll book. It's, that's what that movie is. Mute was really bad. Okay. That's Hold because on. Duncan Jones sucks. Oh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, we got to wrap up. Super Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I want to I want to mention one thing because it would it would not be on brand if I didn't mention it. Um, apparently, the Predator series has a weird thing about run times being one hundred and seven minutes. <laughs> Predator Predator two is one hundred and eight. The Predator is one hundred and seven and Predators is one hundred and seven. What the fuck is going on? Bill, this you is have the most to, have to push the button after every one so the world doesn't blow up. There in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't understand why that's a thing. Um, this is this is very unconfirmed because this is definitely from Wikipedia, but like I don't know, nobody really fucks with Wikipedia anymore. So the fact that like all four of these films are all like 107 minutes or right around there according to wikipedia is really fucking <laughs> they found the sweet spot why mess with success except you know if you're gonna mess with success constantly 100 minutes is the sweet spot let's be honest yeah or 90 give me a good 87 minute long movie support the girls <laughs> just give me one of those just like a movie that comes and does its goddamn job and then leaves oh you mean like the predator <laughs> 
The Predator. I, I mean, I mean the original. <laughs> so, okay, I was so Predator. Yes, the Predator tries to do like six different jobs and maybe accomplishes like one and a half of them. One of those is just getting to the credits eventually. Um, so that's it. That's all for today. Uh, thank you for joining us as we haphazardly slapped around in the murk and the mire that is the Predator. It is a movie that is out. There's not enough mud in this movie. I wow, was I was but, waiting for the mud scene, you know. Yeah. But oh, I see. I anymore. see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a predator movie. Come on. Go, go watch Mortal Kombat too. There's plenty of mud. In <laughs> yes. Um. So that's all for today. Um. Remember to go to Patreon.com/slash The Film Stage Show to give us your money. Also, don't forget to get your 30-day trial of movie by going to mubi.com/slash Film Stage. Don't forget that you can see Two Days One Night as well as Tiny Furniture, as well as those Johnny Toe movies that uh, Michael's been talking about, The Good, Bad, and the Weird, My Winnipeg, and many, many others. And uh, by the time this episode comes out, they will have added a new movie that we're not even aware of yet. So, mubi.com slash filmstage. That is all for today. So, guys, let's uh, wrap it up by telling the fine people at home where they can find us on the internet if they want to hear more about us or from us. Matt? Uh, Twitter, Colonel Mortimer, letterbox.com slash Colonel Mortimer. You can also find me, uh, at inreviewonline.com. All right. Bill Graham. You can find me, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. This, this <laughs> you're going to try to do a thing and you just, <laughs> no, I, I was going to make a joke about 87 minute movies, but then I couldn't come up with the language. So that's, that's my joke. You, you, you add the punchline. So you just, you just want someone to create a joke for you that involves the term 87 minutes? Yes. All right, Bill's, Okay, here it is. Bill's favorite movie is 88 Minutes starring Al Pacino. We were both thinking the same thing there. I was going to go there. And he when people, only wants to go there. He, he has never seen it, but he loves the fact that it's 88 minutes long. Yes, I, I applaud this. Every movie, according to Bill, should simply state its runtime. <laughs> Bill it's saw a poster. Bill saw a poster for 127 hours and was like, "What is this, a Bellatar film?" And then walked away. Boom. Yeah. All right. Good. Good jokes. Uh, Michael Snydell. Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at, at @snydell on Letterboxd at my name and uh, yeah, that's it for at the moment. Okay. Sounds great. Um, I couldn't remember whether I had anything coming out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on my personal site, dearfilm.net, my Twitter page at Brian J. Rowan. That's my thing for everything because I am super, super boring. Um, next, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple movies. We don't know in what order or when they'll come out. We're going to be talking about the Children Act. We're going to be talking about Mandy. We're going to hopefully be able to talk about the extended, recut, super awesome, very long edition of the Tree of Life. Spoiler, I will not be joining for that. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I feel like there was another one, but now I can't remember what it was. So, but yeah, look forward to that. We're coming towards the point where all the festival favorites are going to start hitting theaters. So you can look forward to some of that shit. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, tune in next time. Hey.